what I want to mention is that some husbands or some wives, they, they don't allow the other one to do something halal. If it's halal, you want, especially when it comes to sexual intimacy and so on, you should be open about this. So, I guess moving on to a different subject, slightly different subject. The importance of sexual intimacy and sexual fulfillment in a marriage is, can, cannot be emphasized enough. There are so many cases where there are problems between husband and wife. And generally, the problems they'll mention to you is that, you know what, he always leaves his socks lying around. He doesn't clean up afterwards. He, is, uh, he says this to me, he says that to me. Or he's complaining about her that she uh, acts like this and she acts like that. Those are all symptoms. They're all the surface issues. A lot of the time when you have to listen to somebody, you have to realize that the core issues will be a few. Otherwise, the top issues, this, that and the other, they are all because of a core issue. And sometimes, in many cases, the core issue could be he's stingy, money issues, or he's violent. Number three, he is, cannot fulfill her sexually. Or she doesn't fulfill him sexually. I'm being very clear about this. It is so important. Now, for a man to be sexually fulfilled, it's easy, right? Because it's quite a straightforward, linear process. But with women, it's more complicated. And a lot of men don't understand that. They don't understand a woman's sexuality at all. They think it's like a man's. So all they fo focus on is their own sexuality, their own fulfillment. Whereas if you look at the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and the suggestion by the ulama, they make it very clear. You know, the West... They've only understood in many cases female sexuality. Everybody knew male sexuality, but female sexuality in the last 50, 60 years. It, it sounds mind boggling. But seriously, they've only understood in the fact. I mean, women used to go, 1920s, 30s, they used to go to the doctor for anxiety problems. And the doctors used to use their fingers, not in a sexual way but basically to relieve their frustration. And this was, not, this was a task. It was not like some kind of sexual thing. This was a task. So they invented this thing to make their job easier. And now it becomes a sex toy. They just didn't know. The female sexuality was... It, I mean, I hope I'm not wrong about this, but it was discovered in 1940s and 50s as to what exactly is it and so on. In Islam, this was clear from before. In our tradition, you've got books on sex education in Arabic and so on. Ibn Sina and all these other people, they, women's sexuality is very clear. I mean, I'll, get, I'll, I'll show you. Um, here you go. This is Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi, a great Hanbali scholar who died in 1223. That's 800 years. Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi in his book called Al-Mughni. Famous, famous book on fiqh, right? 620 Hijri, right? 1400 we're in now. Long time ago, this is what he writes. It is preferable to enjoy foreplay with his wife before sexual penetration to arouse her desire so that she receives a similar pleasure to him from the lovemaking. It is related from Umar ibn Abdul Aziz that the Prophet ﷺ said, do not make love to her until she has experienced desire similar to what you have lest you climax before she does. Uh, those who are not married, you can maybe leave, right? Because this is serious stuff, right? 
this is all in the book, but I've, uh, some, some readers, uh, before I published, they said, this may be sensitive for some non-married couples, uh, non-married people. So I put a disclaimer there that, uh, but it's in the books, it's in the books of Islam, right? And you're mature enough, you should know this, so you don't make this mistake. I asked, is that on me? Like, is that, the man is asking, is that my responsibility to make her satisfied? He said, yes, you should kiss her, feel her with your hands and touch her. When you feel that she is aroused as you, as you then you should make love to her. Then Ibn Qudama continues later on. He says, if he finishes before she does, it is undesirable for him to withdraw from her until she finishes too. Based on what is related from Anas ibn Malik, that the Messenger of Allah said. Now this is a hadith that's related in the Muslim of Abu Ya'la. He said, when a person makes love to his wife, he should do so well with sincerity, which means affection, compassion, love. If he does fulfill his desire before she fulfills hers, he should wait until she finishes. That's the end of the hadith. Then Ibn Qudama carries on. He says, also because it is harmful to her and prevents her from fulfilling her desire. Can you see how clear and explicit this is in our tradition? The West only got this in the 1950s, 70s or whatever it is. And they've just taken it to a different limit now. Because they're still you know, exploring the beginnings of it. They haven't had the test. In Islam, we've had this from before. But unfortunately, not all Muslim men know this, which is a problem. And men should know this. This is part of it because there are uh, these cases I've dealt with and the frustration is sexual. Because one side, uh, generally, if the man is... Uh, um, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this session here, but I guess it came about... And I hope it's useful, inshallah. Right? Generally, from the man's perspective, he's just inconsiderate. And I think the, the, the rule of thumb is very simple. Make sure that she finishes before you do. Simple. Because when a man finishes, then he can't carry on. But when a woman finishes, she can still carry on. That's the sexuality of men and women. All right? Um, there's lots of studies on this. There's lots of studies I can't go into all right now because that's not the point. We'll have to do a special session for that, right? But from the woman's perspective, the challenge is this. When she has a child, then she gets put off because her, a lot of fatigue, a lot of tiredness, a lot of her focus is now focused on the child. One woman to, uh, just asked me a question um, last, a few weeks ago when we had a session with just women. She said, my husband is asking it for it five times. I've just had a child. He's asking five times a week. My first question is like, what are you feeding him? Right? Um, but basically, the advice I gave, because a lot of women, they feel that, especially when you get caught up in this whole Western idea that uh, rights and all the, uh, everything else, what you have to understand is that you don't have to have full penetrative satisfaction if you're not able to. Talk to your husband and say, look, it's difficult for me. I, you know, I'm just, just not in the mode right now. Use other means to satisfy him. And if you have that, con in, when it comes to sexuality, you should have a conversation. It's difficult to have that conversation, but husbands should have that conversations with their wives in whatever easiest way they can, get them a book maybe or something, and the wife should have that conversation with the husband. Be upfront about your issues. Otherwise, it just leads to a lot of frustration. So many marriages are on the rocks because of this frustration, but they can't voice it. 
They can't voice it. So make sure that that doesn't happen, especially after children. A lot of women, they say, we just don't feel like it. The advice my wife provides is simple. She said, you don't feel like going to work in the morning. If you have children, you don't feel, sometimes you just so like, you don't feel like getting them ready and taking them to school, if that's your responsibility. But once you get up and you get into it, you can start even enjoying the act. So basically the idea is that if you just have this attitude, it's, not, it's my right not to, I've got a right to say no, then you're, you're not going to satisfy. Because you have to remember, the advice is for women, you have to remember for a man, when he wants it, he wants it. And if you don't give it to him, he's going to go somewhere else. Not necessarily he will go somewhere else, but he's going to start looking elsewhere. And that is why Allah understands that. That's why he suggested that the one law is that the wife should never refuse. Of course, he should be considerate. If she's totally sick and so on, she can refuse in that case. No doubt about it. But if she can, she needs to... And as long as the husband's also considerate, you may not feel like... Uh, you may not feel like it in the first place, but you can get yourself involved and enjoy it. If you look at it to, uh, forward towards it as a sacred, enjoyable act, <laughs> then even when you don't feel like it, you may feel like it. Sometimes it's difficult to start pray to pray, but you know you have to pray. So what do you do? You make wudu and then you get into it and you start praying. So okay, that's what I'm going to say. Hopefully that's enough.